we just have to start getting a bit more creative how we think about real estate. Like, does it have to be one house, one family anymore? Tell all your amazing clients, just um, breathe. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And again, I'm not being cavalier about this. I just think um, there's some great opportunities for people to win right now in this marketplace. Your job is to decide if you want to capitalize on it. I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. This is Brad McQueen, you guys. He's like the majority owner, founder of brokerage mm. wealth of experience 30 years into the business more than 30 years 33 33 you've seen a lot i have <laughs> i've seen a lot and you're not surprised <laughs> by this market well no you know i was just lucky because well maybe it wasn't lucky but when i came into the business in 1989 um it was like a rising market and then when the market turned in 90 and then was down for the next couple of years um I was a little bit frightened because I just started, you know, I just finished, it was my, um, my job, I guess I just finished university, but there's a certain gift to like a shifted market too, where it gives other people the opportunity to get into the market and it gives even agents, I was just young and agent at the time, um, uh, a chance to go and help more people because so many agents got out of the business, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, and you got to learn so much about from creative financing to pricing to staging to dealing with power sales, relocations, like it was just amazing. So I think it's, um, I think just all knowledge is a gift. Mm -hmm. And opportunity as well too, I guess, right? There's yeah, I think we could call it a crisis opportunity. Okay. <laughs> or a crisis opportunity, you crisis know, opportunity. because every crisis is just really just uh, giving everyone else a different opportunity. And I think for most people who think they have lost their chance to build wealth in real estate, that this will go down as the biggest wealth transfer right now that's ever happened because there'll be some people who are over leveraged who are giving up wealth and there's going to be a possibility to really get some more value in the market and to build your own wealth over the future. Okay, so with that, who do you think is winning in this market right now? Yeah, I think you just have to pick who wins, right? So I think the first person that wins the most right now is someone who's got a, a condominium in downtown Toronto where prices really not dropped, maybe seven, eight, nine percent most. Yeah. Um, so they're selling their condo for eight fifty, nine fifty. Um, they probably bought it for four or five hundred thousand. Um, they had a good mortgage rate on it, and now they want to move to Markham or Richmond Hill or Newmarket. Instead of paying $1.8 million for a detached home, they can get in there for $1.2 or three. Yeah. So instead of having a delta of a million dollars, it's only a 300000 And if they have an existing mortgage at 1.9%, and they're only adding 300000 more at 46 or 5%, they're going to end up with a 2.4% mortgage rate, with, um, a rate, yeah. with a blended rate. So I think that's who wins the most, for sure. Um, and I think the other people win is we just have to start getting a bit more creative how we think about real estate. Like, does it have to be one house, one family anymore? Um, you know, I think about uh, the TV series, The Golden Girls. And if you remember The Golden Girls, you know, it's four unrelated females move in. They all have their own bedroom and bathroom, but they share, you know, the living room, kitchen and family room and hilarity ensues, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of premise. Um, 
So, you know, I think about my own mom who lives in a condo and in that same building, seven of my other friends have their moms living there and they're all paying separate maintenance fees, separate utilities. And the other thing they have in common is they're all lonely. And I think who wins is if we could start getting some people like that living together um, and they just want to chat, you know, my mom doesn't say 20,000 words every day. She goes crazy. (laughs) So she just needs someone to use her words on, you know, and I think the other people who win is what if instead of like four people who are thinking about buying a condo, they went in together and bought a fourplex. Yeah. And they agreed that they were going to live there for five years and their carrying costs would be half of what a condo would be. And the appreciation of a fourplex is like double that of a condo right now. So it's like, and most of the fourplexes are in all the great neighborhoods. Like they're all next to subway stops, Mm -hmm. you know, they're next, they were built right on transit and they're usually in really great walkable neighborhoods from Bloor West to Danforth to Leaside, Central Toronto to, you know, Mimico, you name it. Like they're in the great, the beaches, they're all in the great neighborhoods. Yeah. And now as a right, you can do a threeplex, right? Or try. Yeah. So that'd be nice in Ontario. Well, that's a game changer. Again, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up because you know, before you could have the neighbor saying, I'm not letting you do that. Right. And now when they basically said it's as a right yeah. zoning, which means if I want to convert my home into three units, I have it as a right. Yeah. Nobody can object. And it's the same. It's like building a deck is as a right, as long as you just fit in, you know, to that. Um, and I, I think that's the, that's the key. Did you also see that today? They announced that the, they don't have rooming houses as long as it's like it's going to be licensed or whatever. So no issues with zoning again and uh, in Toronto that's uh, that's gonna be different as well too for you know because a lot of people that come in from you know immigrate to Canada and they come here with a sticker price shock of wow it costs how much to get a place mm-hmm. and they're all looking for roommates as well too but it's you know it's hard to find a roommate if you're coming from a different country yeah. so um, yeah if you get a roomie house for 900 bucks thousand bucks a month or whatever it's like the Golden Girls model like you were saying except yeah. you don't know each other yeah and you got your own room and you can go and you know you know we've had rooming houses in toronto for 130 years like this is not a new concept and it was a place where people could go and get their start you know um and right now we've just created almost an atmosphere where alberta can run ads about how cheap it is to go to alberta you know um but who else wins too ken right now is if you've got a detached home not only could you turn that into three units, but let's say you didn't want to. Let's say you just want to put in a basement apartment or yeah. two basement apartments, and now you can put in an accessory dwelling unit yeah. in your backyard as a right, yeah. you know? And I know, um, like, there's some people that they can install them because they're all modular now in about six hours. It's put into your backyard, and, you know, it's great for the environment. They just have to connect to the sewer and the... Um, the water and the electricity uh, lines. And I know of another person right now who's building one and it's costing them about 165,000 to build just under 500 square feet. That's cheap. But they're gonna be able to rent that, and this is in Windsor, for $1,300, which means it would be $1,800 in Toronto. So I'd rather rent a coach house with a backyard that I could sit on my deck or whatever I wanted to do than than be in a tiny four, 382 square foot box in the sky at $2,700. You know? So in theory, you can get the triplex going and then add the ADU afterwards yeah. and do the four units, right? In a, yeah. in a property, a single family property. Right. And, yeah, and what if you bought the fourplex and then you just finance the, um, 
the, this rental, um, the accessory dwelling through there. And you just took all of that rent and it would probably pay for itself at 2000 bucks a month in seven or eight years, yeah. completely paid off. And because so much of it's going directly to the principal all the time, your amortization is going to be shorter too. So I think that's just another opportunity for someone else to win right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are only people that are, you know, even in an interest rate environment like this, it's just a short term, you know, one, two year, whatever, how long it's going to take to hopefully it comes back down a little bit, reverse the mean. So um, if you can just get in while prices are low, it's, everything's on sale right now. Yeah. Well, it's on sale and the rates are not that bad, like, you know, 4.6, 5%, you know, uh, for residential, when I, too. For residential oh, yeah. you know, and when I started, um, they went from 7.9 up to 15.9.9. And I think what you're going to see here, um, depending on high rate, how high rates go, is you're going to start seeing builders or you're going to see sellers offering to buy down the interest rate. Like every house I sold in 91, 92, um, it was the seller agrees to credit the purchaser $20,000 on closing to buy the interest rate down from 15.9 to 9.9% just so they could qualify. Right. And a lot of the banks were like, we're not doing that yet. I'm like, well, it's coming. Like you're going to have to, right? And a lot of the builders are doing that now. In fact, you know, builders can win too because they're sitting with some unsold inventory right now. And um, I was talking to one the other day where we showed it. I said, how much is it to build this? And he was like $48,000 to put in a basement apartment. I said, if you put in that basement apartment, the purchaser now qualifies for $200,000 more in your house. Mm-hmm. You could even raise your prices a bit more, um, raise it up to 100, spend the 48 on on this and everybody wins because now the purchaser um, is going to get twelve or fifteen hundred dollars, you know. So I think they win. Um, yeah, I, and I think, you know, even people who want to downsize now, like a lot of seniors, um, they can win now because they might not have got peak peak price, but many of them bought it when their house was thirteen thousand five hundred, yeah. and instead of selling it for two million, it sells for one point six million. But now they can take all that money and put it in the bank and be guaranteed four point five percent in a treasury bill. Uh, you know, so they win now, where before they couldn't because they take all that money out and they were only going to get like half a percent in the bank. So I think downsizers get to win on on this, um, and I think. Um, if you're a family with young kids, uh, you know, you can't wait for the market to come back around if you want to get your kids into a great school district right mm. now. So this might be a chance for them to get in there because prices have come off 10 or 12 percent, um, at least probably in some of the, the key neighborhoods. And so now they can get in there a little bit cheaper and they're probably going to be moving up. So they'll be similar to those condo people we talked about where it's just the additional cost is at a higher interest rate, not the whole mortgage. Yeah, if you're on a fixed mortgage, you can port it, right? Some people worry where you can't port it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you, National Bank, they they sent this because all mortgages used to be portable, right? Right. As long as it had the same ratio of value, debt equity ratio, you know, to the property. Um, And National Bank, I guess, had come out um, and said, we're not gonna do that anymore. And then they got such a big backlash. I think it was just this week. They said, oh, no, no. Yeah, come move your mortgage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's great. I think they win, and then I think um, uh, tenants can win now because they're in a really precarious situation right now. Where if they're not in a rent-controlled building, 
the the landlord can raise the rent from 2700 this year to 3400 next year and and if you don't pay it there's a lineup of people who are desperate to pay it so if the tenants want to be in control of their life this is a great opportunity for them to uh, partner up with maybe two or three friends and go buy a triplex together or and buy a detached yeah or buy detached and put it into three units and right. still put the basement apartment in and they'll still be way cheaper owning that house and paying their own mortgage than if they were to stay at the risk of that landlord. Or, oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Or they could stay in place, continue renting at the rent control building and then invest in the market when it's down a little bit as well too. If they're in a rent control, yeah. yeah. But I was talking, yeah, more if they weren't, you know, where just arbitrarily, because there's a lot of units now that are not covered by rent control. That's right. Because so, everything's going up by 20, 25% year over year. And it's nonstop immigration. People are still coming in. We need the immigration. We could, yeah. you know, so that's not going to go away anytime soon. So there's definitely a floor in the pricing for sure. Yeah. And, you know, how many um, renters can go to their boss and say, hey, listen, if you don't give me a 20 or 25% raise, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like they can't. So they, there's no elasticity for them to yeah. go and even try to pay it. Right. And, um, so I think this is a great time for um, people who are renting right now to maybe just think about getting together and it's just a five-year plan. Go buy something for five years mm. um, and take all of your rent um, and uh, you know, you'll be paying less, I'll guarantee, if you buy a house with a few friends. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, like uh, there's, some, there's a property now just on Avenue Road north of um, Upper Canada College and I think it's like 3.2 million, 3.4 million, but it's five units. Mm. That's like five, $600,000 condos. And there was a place just by Sporting Life on Young Street on Strathgowan, I think it was. And they can Google it if they're, I think it was called for number 42 Strathgowan. And it sold for 2 million and it was four one bedrooms. And I was like, well, that's perfect, you know? Um, like, couldn't four single people buy all of that and pitch in $500,000 each? And I'll guarantee you that it's they can't get any condo that they probably like for 500. And so I just think they would win and you could still put in an accessory dwelling unit in the backyard. And if those places, usually it's say 18,000, 1500 bucks a month to probably cover your taxes and heating and water. Um, the accessory dwelling unit could just cover that now. Yeah. So I just think there's, a, there's always, uh, in crisis, there's always just some great opportunity. And what would you say to those people that are already holding property and are maybe underwater, the interest rates, they've hit their trigger rates and they have to increase their payments, all that stuff? Oh, hang in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's going to be a wild ride. Well, it's a cycle, right? Yeah. And, it, and I don't think anybody really knows where the economy is going now. Um, and, and there's two camps. Like one, it's like going to be a short, shallow recession, year, year and a half, hold on. Others are, this is more structural. It's going to be seven to 10 years. Uh, and we don't know. I do know in 1990 that when the market corrected, it took until 2002 for the prices to go back to where they were in 1989. Right. So that was 12 years, which surprises most people. But I think just hang on right now if you can. Um, if not, it's okay to downsize, you know. Um, uh, and get to where you need to be. Um, but maybe you could even, maybe there's a model where if you sold your place, we could find you something where we could, it's got a basement apartment already that's gonna be cheaper for you for the next five years, um, but will still probably hold its value well. And we can put in an accessory dwelling unit or, you know, I, I just think this is the era over the next five years, you're gonna see more 
creativity in real estate space yeah. than you've ever seen. And I think relying on the government, like, you know, I'm apolitical, but to build 1.5 million homes in 10 years when the most we've ever really built is 70 or 75,000 mm -hmm. in a year is just it's unrealistic. 4,000, yeah. Yeah, and I think if we count on the governments to really do much, I'm not sure. I think that the, you're gonna see the private sector will innovate like it's never done before. Yeah. And. Um, the technology behind a lot of that is this modular construction where they can actually um, it's much cheaper because you don't have all the, the very expensive trades working on the house as they're building it and it's done in the factory it can be put up in a week it's climate controlled too and all that stuff yeah. so that's on the supply side and then i, I think there's going to be some innovation in the in the lending side as well too there has to be you Absolutely. know maybe they bring back longer amortizations there's a lot of rumors talking about 40-year amortizations as well too for residential mortgages and they should so, um, you know, they didn't drop the stress test today, which kind of uh, is annoying, but uh, it is what it is, and it's uh, for good reason anyway. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there'll be a lot of innovation in the lending industry, and then, you know, yeah. so let's see what Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. I, I think there, you're already starting to see some of it, and a lot more creativity in that industry than there ever has been. And I mm -hmm. think there could even be um, opportunities for your, your clients where, they're, um, they're willing to put up the money for the house and someone is willing to put the mortgage in their name and they're, joint, um, they're just a joint venture investment mm -hmm. where they've got some extra capital and that person is responsible for maintaining it. But instead of it being like a rent to own, you know, where you overpay in rent and you get it back, that no, it's just like, I've, you know, it's a five-year plan we've got and I'm gonna put down the down payment and we're gonna sell in five years and we're gonna share the differences. So I think, um, you're going to see a lot of that joint venturing, I think. Um, and I think even parents should actually be joint venturing with their kids instead of just giving them the money. Just okay. joint venture it because then you're still in control. Right, you know? right. Um, so, yeah, I think 2023 is going to be a year of a lot of people winning. Yeah. There's a lot of capital in the world still and a lot of equity. Like, different from the 80s, right? Like, the, the values went up so much because, you know, the prices went up recently. So, yeah, there's a lot of equity in there, so... Yeah, and I think how the steepness of how severe the rates went up um, will also be the steepness of when the rates go down. You know, right. like you know. it's this hasn't been like a long, slow build. This is like uh, this is like maximum pain <laughs> really, yeah. in four months, and then so I just don't know. Um, you know, we have a lag of six to nine months until they really figure out what the uh, impacts are. But no, I, the rates going up so much. I, I I saw a stat the other day that. Canada, where you know seven percent inflation rates or whatever, but there's parts of the world where it's like two hundred and fifty percent interest rates, like Zimbabwe and other places. Like, you know, I think it was Turkey or something was like eighty percent inflation year over year. That's insane. I know. And some people, like a friend of mine, was telling me in Lebanon that um, they only have electricity during the day, daytime. At nighttime, they completely shut the grid off because of their their energy crisis in the in the Europe over there. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty lucky. Those, yeah. So people are complaining about high interest rates. Yeah, it sucks, but we're not that bad overall in terms of inflation. Like, yeah. I think I think the reason people are complaining is maybe two reasons, and I think they're very well-founded, Ken. Number one is, you know, this 6% mortgage feels like your parents' 12% because right, the prices they, are just, there's more to mortgage, so the shock is there. bigger. Right. And um, secondly is most people, we've had 25 years of really pretty good growth, right? Or 20 at least. Um, with no real recession, a little dip in eight, a little dip in 17. But um, so no one's really ever seen this. And we, they certainly never, 
you know, if you're under 30, you've never seen rates this high ever, mm. you know. Um, so we get used to it. Um, so, you know, uh, so what? It's a cycle. <laughs> well, no, and I, I, I mean, that's, I'm, not, uh, I'm not being cavalier about it. I just think that it, we have to just, um, people tend to underestimate um, or overestimate what they can do a year, in a year or under us. Yeah. And, but they under, underestimate how they can build wealth over their lifetime. Right. And I think that the real message here is just try to chill out and hold the fort right now. Um, try to cut your personal expenses by 20, 25%. Do whatever you need to do right now because we'll get through it and what goes up comes down. And, um, but in the meantime, it's, it's a great time to buy. Like, you know, you're not, it's so crazy how in January, February, people were fighting over each other, 30 people <laughs> to buy a house. And now when the prices have dropped 12, 25, 40% in some areas, people are like, ooh, I'm not so sure. And I was like, no. Now, all the wealth gets created in the down market. It never gets created in an up market. Right, right. Yeah, no one ever bought like Nortel at the top and got wealthy. <laughs> right. If you're old enough to know what Nortel is, right. you know. Blackberry. Um, yeah, Blackberry, <laughs> yeah. Um, all the wealth creation just gets created when you just understand the basics. And the basics are inflation rates to go up and down. And that is the gear that that's the biggest influence on the Bank of Canada. And in tough times, they're going to flood the money with cheap capital. And other times, they're going to raise it and restrict the money supply and understand that. And unemployment rates, um, you know, we still have a labor shortage. Mm. Rates aren't fall like wages aren't falling. If anything, they're going up quicker than they ever have. That's kind of scary. And um, our gross domestic product is still pretty strong. You know, like we're doing we're very capital, well. Per like, capita is coming down. Just because of immigration, that's why the GDP is up. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Should be negative. Well, that's okay. Well, it, it does because you know we have a, a you know with three to five hundred thousand new immigrants coming, they're not starting at the top of the wage sector, and mm. some of them are not at the most productive capacity yet. Mm. Um, but um, what a great gift we have! You yeah, know? and I mean, my parents were immigrants. Sure, <laughs> like we're all. I think the beautiful thing about Toronto now, as I heard, is I believe that it's like fifty-four percent of the population wasn't born in Canada, and Nice. It, I think it's one of the best case studies on how everyone can get along and we're basically, you know, we can respect each other's differences, um, but just really function very well um, in this great country. Okay, so there's a lot of predictions, there are a lot of bold predictions. The last time we talked in 2017, literally six months later, you predicted this uh, Fair Housing Act. So you said some government intervention was coming up and then they had the Fair Housing Act. That was. Pretty impressive, actually. So, <laughs> lucky, probably, but yeah, no. You knew they had to do something, right? And but you can see that the, when the government can really distort a market when it brings in stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was huge, and I, I couldn't believe how fast they increased the the rates this time around too. So, it uh, definitely no one was expecting that. So it uh, yeah. definitely killed the market a little bit. But like you say, there's opportunity, and uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens with creativity in the construction industry, and the real estate industry, and lending, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. and materials, labor, whatever. So there's definitely going to be, you know, at the end of the day, we all need somewhere to live and do business. We need somewhere to sleep, and we need something to eat, and that's our core necessities. And that, I don't think that'll ever change. And so I think a lot of people can win in this market. There can be some people who are going to lose too. Like if you bought January and February and you're on a variable rate mortgage and rates just went up, it's it's pretty painful right now. It's going to hurt, yeah. 
But um, so yeah, you're going to have that. But you know, in an up busy market, there was people who were losing too because they were only qualified for six hundred, and everything went up to eight or nine hundred thousand. So um, it's going to be okay. Buying power came down, and I, I think that um, right now there's still a floor in in the prices. I mean, let alone inventory drink uh, shrinking because nobody wants to sell at a low market. Mm-hmm. Also, the the amount of immigration coming in as well too, and the demand for housing. And then also the supply shortages too. Like builders aren't building. There's a lot of canceled. Like the housing starts is lower than normal. It's the lowest it's ever been, really. So we're gonna have this problem in, in four or five years when more and more people coming in, but they have nowhere to live. I think you just nailed it. That is the, the story. As much as the media says, "Oh, real estate, we just talk about supply." It's like, well, because we understand the law of supply and demand. And when you cut back on the supply and you increase the demand by bringing more and more people to fight for the same product, then the prices are, they, you know, they don't go down. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and they're certainly not building. I know a lot of the uh, apartment construction that was scheduled, they just, they yanked it. We're not building apartments. We're not building rentals right now because we have no guarantee on financing, number one, and two, they have no guarantee on capital costs. Right. And um, so they're not gonna build. So yeah, I would just, um, I guess, tell all of your amazing clients just, um, breathe <laughs> it's going to be okay and again i'm not being cavalier about this i just think that um, there's some great opportunities for people to win right now um, in this marketplace and um, your job is to decide if you want to capitalize on them right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway thank you for the great insight again no and uh look forward well, to seeing this thank one. you for all so for being so amazing and um just taking care of your buyers and sellers at such a high level so cool. thanks all right thanks for listening guys that's awesome. Add it up.